0: fantasy football today from CBS Sports Here we go. email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com Here we go. it's time to dominate your fantasy league
1: let's go now here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie and Heath well a year ago average draft position looked like this at wide receiver at least in half PPR DeAndre Hopkins 6th overall Devontae Adams 2 picks later Julio Jones 2 picks later then Michael Thomas and Odell Beckham. Those top five going in the first 13 picks. You had Tyreek Hill going just after that. Hopkins, Adams, Julio, Michael Thomas, Odell Beckham, and Tyreek Hill. It was a weird year for wide receivers. wasn't nearly as good as 2018 was for wide receivers. And this year, uh, familiar names, different order, but right now ADP on NFC is Michael Thomas, fifth overall. Then Devontae Adams, DeAndre Hopkins, Tyreek Hill, and Julio Jones. And one more spot after that is Chris Godwin. We're going to talk about the top six. Those six, Michael Thomas, Adams, Hopkins, Hill, Julio, and Chris Godwin. Welcome to uh, a wide receiver rankings edition of Fantasy Football today. Adam Azer with Jamie Eisenberg, Heath Cummings, and Ben Gretsch. All right, Jamie, give me an overall assessment of these top six wide receivers. And what do you think about these guys, uh compared to previous years where you had Antonio Brown and Odell Beckham in there and Juju Smith-Schuster last year, you know, you had kind of the same names over and over again. Uh, what do you think about the the group this year, which is uh, maybe a little bit different than what we've seen in the past?
0: They're obviously awesome. Uh, I think they're all going to be, you know, if, if they stay healthy, have the chance to, you know, continue to produce at a high level. Um, clearly there's some challenges, you know, is, is Calvin Ridley going to eat into Julio Jones, Hayden Hurst as well? Is DeAndre Hopkins going to thrive in, Arizona you know leaving Deshaun Watson and and the situation he's been used to is Chris Godwin going to be successful with Tom Brady but you know from what we've seen from them either with a small sample size you know like Godwin you know having his breakout season last year or, or what Julio Jones has done over the the course of his career I mean these guys are awesome the one concern I think would be is that if you draft them early are you leaving running back talent on the board and missing out on still very good wide receiver talent in that round three, four range. And I think that's the, the draft challenge that people have to sort of, you know, deal with is, you know, are you going to go running back heavy with your first two picks and then still get good wide receiver talent later while passing up, you know, clearly, you know, two of these guys or maybe one of these guys. Heath,
1: you've got Devante Adams two and Julio Jones three. They're both coming off of down years by their standards. Why are they two and three?
2: Yeah. I mean, down years by their standards. Sure. But Hopkins had an injury that cost him four games. Or not, Adams had an injury that cost him four games. you look at his 16-game pace over the last two seasons, it's 115 catches, 1,400 yards, and 11 touchdowns. He had some weird, bad touchdown luck last year. He's normally been one of those guys that we're saying, well, he's not going to score quite that many again. And he probably won't be like a 12-13 guy. But I expect he's got as good a chance of anybody as scoring double-digit touchdowns. Um, and both of these guys in situations where, sure, I mean, Jamie mentioned Calvin Ridley and Hayden Hurst. Well, last year, for the first half of the year, it was Calvin Ridley, Muhammad Sanu, and Austin Hooper. So I don't think Julio's got necessarily more competition than he had last year. Adams doesn't really have any more competition than he had last year. They're going to both go over 150 targets, and they're both still really good.
1: Hey, Ben. Hey. Third episode of the week. Here's Ben. Congrats, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Uh, ben, here's what I find surprising, based on our rankings, where Hopkins is 6th for Jamie, 5th for Dave, and 6th for Heath. Where do you have DeAndre Hopkins?
3: I have him 7th, but I'm, I, I'm I warning you. I have him 7th now as well. So
1: You've moved DJ Moore ahead of him? Correct.
3: Okay. I have more 5, and I have since January, so Heath's a copycat.
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> what I find interesting is that the ADP I read... Michael Thomas, Devontae Adams, Hopkins three, then Tyree Kill, Julio Jones, and Chris Godwin. So are are the CBS guys just down on DeAndre Hopkins then?
3: Maybe. And I don't think it's wrong. I mean, so there's a, there's a things to consider, right? We we know that, you know, I know he's talked a lot about with him how he's moving to a spread offense. It's gonna be a little harder for him to to dominate um targets. We also know that Arizona's probably gonna throw more. Um so maybe he can get close to his, you know, a similar target number as you kind of project it out. But for, I mean, I think there's, I don't know. Initially for me, it was concern about changing teams, the shortened off season, just the the history of players changing teams. Um, uh, you know, a lack of certainty with Kyler Murray. We're all really excited, but he's a running quarterback too. And, and we don't know how much uh, his you know His passing ability will translate to an elite number one type receiver season, especially when I think Christian Kirk's a good player and Larry Fitzgerald's still going to be around. Um, so I think there's a lot of elements there that are like, okay, what is his real upside? But then lately I said I've been coming around it's just rem- remembering that DeAndre Hopkins is really, really good. And this team is probably going to throw a ton.
1: DeAndre Hopkins has never been on a team that's thrown for more than like 4,100 yards right around there. He's never been on a team that's thrown 30 touchdown passes, but he always gets the 30% or more target share. The only time in the last five years, the only times he didn't get 30% or more of the targets was the Osweiler year. The other four years, it's been at least 30%. Uh, You know, it's hard to... That's a lot. It's hard to, I guess, project that. Was that fair to say? You know, you're not going to just give somebody 30%, maybe Adams, but not Hopkins. If
0: if he got 30% of the targets last year from just what Kyler Murray did, he would have been the second most targeted receiver in the NFL and it would have been the third most targets of his career at 166.
1: Do you think he'll get there? No. No.
0: Yeah, it's a lot harder to do in a spread offense.
1: Right, right. Um, all right, so we have a lot to talk about with all of these guys, and we're looking forward to it. We're also going to read your emails at fantasyfootball@cbsi.com. I do have one news item to get to. It's about a wide receiver. The last time we saw him in a full season, he was number two in non-PPR, number five in PPR. That was 2018. And that is Antonio Brown, NFL Network reporting that the Seahawks and the Raiders have had internal discussions about signing Antonio Brown. Uh, He only played one game in 2019. It was good. It was against the Dolphins. Did did you say the Raiders? Am I wrong? What's that fool me once? Shame on me.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Like, what? The Raiders?
1: Did I get it wrong? Did I have the wrong team? I'm not
2: saying you're wrong. I'm saying that's hilarious if you're right.
1: Ravens. I mean, he Ravens. derailed Ravens. their 2019 Ravens. season. Wow. <laughs> okay. Well, good, that's disappointing. It would spot. have been more fun if it was the Raiders, but I'm glad Did we got you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> if the, if the Raiders brought him back. Alarm bell should have gone off right there. I am sorry about that. Uh, the Ravens, you know, he's always working out with, with his cousin, uh, Hollywood Brown and Lamar Jackson. So I guess that makes sense. But how good do you guys think Antonio Brown could
0: be if he's able to play this year?
3: Way better than where he's getting drafted,
0: yeah. Right, he'd be, he'd be, I think, I'd probably rank him as a number three receiver right away, you know, somewhere around 30. I, I, Seattle's interesting because if he goes to Seattle, how are, like, I don't even know the answer to this question. So I'm just, I, like I was thinking Jamie. Baltimore, I was thinking Baltimore, yeah,
2: yeah, because he goes to Seattle. I don't know how you rank Brown, Lockett,
0: and Metcalf, it would crush those other two guys.
3: I was just, gonna say this report is most notable for me because Seattle did bring in Josh Gordon late last year and Gordon's applying for reinstatement and Gordon's working out apparently in Seattle right now. And I don't know if they've had talks with him too. That hasn't, I don't think been reported, but it seems like Seattle's kicking the tires on a, on a potentially big wide receiver edition.
0: Well, big name. Yeah. Name. Right. Uh, the, the report according to the NFL network is whether it's Josh Gordon or Antonio Brown, there's a strong sense that Seahawks will eventually take a chance to upgrade at wide receiver. So it sounds like they're going to make a move.
1: Okay, but we saw the Antonio Brown thing last, or the Josh Gordon thing last year, and it didn't really have an impact. Or, it's, it's, to me, these are
0: two separate things. Yeah, like, completely Gordon, different. Gordon, I wouldn't probably blink an eye in terms of Lockett and Metcalf, but Antonio Brown, I would.
1: Yeah. Okay, well, as uh, I think we, we like the Seattle wide receivers quite a bit, so I don't want that to happen, although hypothetical. Seahawks go out and sign Antonio Brown, Russell Wilson becomes QB blank.
2: Four still for me. I'd probably put him ahead of Dak. I'd probably make him three.
3: Yeah, it's either three or four with Dak. I just want to point out, Gordon was uh, 9.1 yards per target last year, 10.4 the year before. He's still been very good. Seattle just used him situationally. and I do agree with Jamie. It's a different thing, but he came in mid-season. If they brought him back this year after he played with them last year, I think he could be kind of a more of a threat to to particularly Metcalf for me would be the concern.
1: And this one just popping up on Roto world Steelers coach, Mike Tomlin is comfortable with where Ben Roethlisberger is at in his rehab. Very nice. All right. Back to the wide receiver. That was a quick little detour back to the top six wide receivers. So I heard the Raiders are looking at Ben Roethlisberger, <laughs> man, the Raiders, jeez. Uh, oh, actually, let me let me promote a few things. Um, I'm, I'm glad we're recording this Tuesday afternoon, so you'll hear this on Wednesday. So I had a lot of fun winning tonight uh, poker tonight on Twitch. That was great. But YouTube, we're on YouTube. If you want to watch us, youtube.com/slash fantasy football today. We also have the mailbag show on Friday. Send in your questions at, uh, via Apple Podcast review or email at fantasy football at cbsi.com. And baseball is back. I got my Jeter shirt on right now. Baseballs probably back so you know that's good the, Ra- the
0: Raiders are starting baseball oh jeez
1: it's gonna be I'm never living this one down Justin <laughs> Jefferson and the Raiders uh let's check out the fantasy baseball today podcast get ready for the season coming very very quickly and what's the impact of fantasy
0: baseball how's it gonna work
1: we're trying to think about like can you really do a head-to-head league? Do you have to, like? Would you just do total points? Would you just do roto? Because there's gonna be eight-ish weeks of games, nine, nine, maybe actually maybe ten till the yeah, end of the season. I think you do a head to head with, and this is
2: where my presence is missed. Uh, do a head to head with <laughs> double headers. You get to play everybody once, and then you start the playoffs. It's easy. All right, but when do you start the playoffs? You put the final three weeks of the season.
1: Yeah, I don't We don't know. have That's enough time so to be short. jacking
2: around with it. These 3 weeks matter and these 3 weeks don't matter. We've got 10 weeks, we're going to use them all.
1: Just play Why don't you just play whoever scores the most points wins?
2: <sighs> People like playing against each other. I yeah,
1: think. I know, but it's just it's just different. It's weird and If you want to do that, you could play baseball. I'm so much less enthusiastic this year and it's such a shame. I love fantasy baseball. I can't really get into it right now. When am I supposed to start a fantasy baseball draft right now? It's almost July. We've been in one we? for three
0: months. I know. We have one draft that's still
1: going, don't we? <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> it's great. Somebody's been on the clock for almost two weeks. Well, Maybe somebody... Will? I think Will? we can probably
2: guess who it is. No. Mm-hmm.
1: No, you'd be surprised. I'm, I'm pretty sure. Um, oh, okay. It's not Will Brinson. It usually is. Uh, all right. Anyway, uh, Fantasy Baseball Today, check out the podcast. Let's do some fill-in-the-blank. The top six wide receiver with the most upside is blank. Michael Thomas?
0: Are we including Michael Thomas? Like, we... Yeah, but Michael, but Michael Thomas, Thomas like was. Uh, McCaffrey?
1: Oh, uh, look. Uh, yes, we are including Michael Thomas, but I think it's fair to note that DeAndre Hopkins and Julio Jones, they've had, I think they've had better years than what Th- they, they've been close. You know, they've all had huge years, like what Michael Thomas did last year. So I think it's a fair question either way. Devontae Adams. In PPR, I think it's pretty
2: clearly Michael Thomas, but. There's others you could make you could argue for Adams or or Tyreek, I think, at none
3: for me. It's very clearly Tyreek Hill if Michael Thomas is not being considered clearly,
1: even in PPR,
3: yeah, in all formats. I mean, that that offense, I mean, I think he said Adams had the best chance to score double digit touchdowns. Tyreek scored 13 two years ago when he was healthy, he scored seven last year in 12 games, but two of those 12 games. He didn't even play 20% of the snaps. He left week one very early, and he left that game in Mexico City against the Chargers after, I think, 18% of the snaps. Uh, The game he returned after his collarbone, he only played 50-ish percent of the snaps, and he scored seven touchdowns in about mm, 10 games. Um, And then he scored two in three playoff games. He scored twice in the AFC Championship. I I think he has monster touchdown upside with Patrick Mahomes, and he has monster yardage upside that Devontae Adams doesn't. I think Adams is more of a a high-target kind of guy.
2: Uh, Adam, can we correct something else you were wrong about? Sure. DeAndre Hopkins and Julio Jones have not had seasons uh just as good as Michael Thomas. How what were their best seasons? Um I don't I
0: okay, I can pull that up. Uh well, what did Thomas uh, what was, score last year? I have Julio right here. What did Thomas score last year? 374. Uh Julio's best year was three sixty nine.
1: Oh, okay. So score one for A's And Hopkins was three thirty something?
0: Hopkins' best year was three thirty four.
1: Okay, so Julio's been up there. All right, we'll split. I'll split fifty percent. But I got the Raiders thing wrong, so I'm batting three thirty three, which is great. Michael
2: Basically. Thomas. Will that would be two fifty actually. If you were half on one and zero on the other. No, I'm one be for I'm one for three. No. Okay. Half for two.
1: Tyreek Hill also keep in <laughs> mind when he he left the game against the Chargers, uh, as Ben just said, very early in that game. He was pretty bad after that. You know, he was just not himself. They that was week eleven. Week twelve was a bye. After that, the last five games of the season, he didn't have more than I think seventy-two yards. He just he was not Tyreek Hill. Uh,
0: and does still he, ended up. Does with he a lose season. a little bit if Hardman takes on a bigger role and Watkins is healthy? I don't think so. I'm I'm with you. I'm just you know, it's 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 a potential. You know, if yeah, if Edward Solaire is as good as advertised, catching the ball at backfield and. Hardman takes on whatever bigger role to whatever extent, um, if he does, and and Watkins is still you know playing whatever percent of snaps he's going to play, then I wonder if you know Tyreek takes a slight dip in production.
1: Yeah,
3: certainly a, a reasonable take, I think.
0: There have only been two wide
1: receivers in the last five seasons who have finished top five in PPR with less than ninety catches. Tyreek Hill in two thousand eighteen and Chris Godwin in 2019. Godwin, though, played 14 games. He would have had more than 90 catches. But keep that in mind. The other thing to keep in mind, if you're playing in a non-PPR league, Tyreek Hill's 2018 season, he actually scored more fantasy points than Michael Thomas did in 2019 in non-PPR. So his 2018 season was really outstanding in non-PPR. All right, back to fill-in-the-blank. Which top six wide receiver has the most downside
0: Hopkins
3: it's Hopkins or Godwin I I think people are too excited on Godwin
0: I I'm not yeah I mean I think it's Hopkins or Godwin I mean you know to be fair it's probably Thomas (laughs) you know it's just because he's being drafted as a top five overall player and it's unrealistic that he's going to do what he did last year because Emmanuel Sanders will cut into whatever production he has and Kamara should be hundred percent. So, you know, if you're getting 2018, Michael Thomas, that's not bad, but it's not top five overall player. So this is
1: what, this is what really changed things for me with Thomas. It's like he had 185 targets last year. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Most since 2015 for any wide receiver. But the two years before that, he was right around 150. Um, so, you know, and he didn't really like his his pay his rates were pretty similar, so it was basically just an increase in targets. Um and then he, Michael Thomas was the number 6 PPR receiver both 2017 and 2018. So I kind of felt like if his targets come back down to 150, he's going to be disappointing. But 2018 Michael Thomas, even though he was number 6 in PPR, those fantasy points would have been good enough to be number 1 in 2016 in 2017 and number two in 2019 behind only Michael Thomas. Like He has had two amazing years in a row. His 2018,
2: I just looked it up, in PPR was good enough to outscore every running back except for Christian McCaffrey in that format last year. What he did in 2018 would have been the number two running back in 2019. And
1: 2018 was just a ridiculous year for wide receivers. So uh, Michael Thomas still, if he gets 150 targets, has a good chance to finish as the number one wide receiver in PPR. But he still hasn't had double. And his floor touchdowns. is massive. That's the other right. side of it. We
3: we just learned that even if Breeze goes down, he could, like you know he he has a lot to do with that success. And you know Bridgewater's not there anymore. But I I think he'd be fine with Jameis. Well, I, what if it's Taysom
1: Hill though? That's, that would be that would be
3: a different <laughs> scenario. Uh,
1: the top six wide receiver I won't draft is blank.
0: DeAndre Obviously. Hopkins.
3: Yeah, I don't have one that I wouldn't draft.
1: Okay. But
2: Hopkins is going third amongst receivers, so you're not going to draft him.
3: I probably am least likely to draft him, yes.
1: Top six wide receiver with the highest floor is blank. Oh Michael Thomas.
3: Easily yep. Thomas.
1: I would say oh, in non PPR it's not Michael Thomas. Sure. But is that fair? PPR is a dominant format. What do you guys think though? I think I think it's Tyreek Hill in non PPR.
0: I'll take Adam.
3: Also I'll take <sighs> Thomas.
1: Heath, you look like you wanna insult me. You have this look
2: on your face like you're about to drop the boom. Well, no, I always want to insult you. Um no, I I I was trying to decide. I was really stumped by a non PPR. I think I'd probably lean I think I'd probably lean Hill.
1: Okay. Ah, the catches are so different. Like he's like an eighty six catch guy and Michael Thomas had hundred and fifty last year. It's just what a freaking season he had. Unbelievable. Uh all right, so how far ahead of the pack is Michael Thomas from the rest? And let's compare it to the running backs. Who's who's more ahead of the rest of the position? Christian McCaffrey or Michael Thomas? The rest Thomas. of the elites.
0: Thomas, Jamie? In PPR, yeah.
3: I actually am going to say McCaffrey because of Jamie's argument that he just made about all the guys that were hurt and Thomas maybe coming back to 150 targets. I don't think there's I mean there's a there's a big pretty huge difference for both, but I'll say McCaffrey. Uh,
2: yeah, I have McCaffrey a lot further ahead of Saquon Barkley than I do Thomas ahead of Adams. So I'll say McCaffrey's stands out more.
1: Are you nervous about Julio Jones at this stage in his career with you know some some decline in the stats last year? There
2: there's six hundred pass attempts like minimum to go around in Atlanta. And it's basically Julio, Calvin Ridley, and Hayden Hurst. No disrespect to Russell Gage. Um, why?
3: It just, why not any disrespect to Russell Gage?
2: <laughs> um, I, I don't see unless Julio gets hurt, but I don't see a non-injury case for him getting fewer than 150 targets. He's going. He's always. He's going to be a 1,400 yard guy.
1: Okay. Um, does this matter to you, Tom Brady? So Chris Godwin last year had 1,339 yards and nine touchdowns. In the last 10 seasons with the Patriots, only one wide receiver has, well, I guess twice. Wes Welker was the only wide receiver with 1,200 yards. He did it twice. Um, Only one wide receiver, I think, had more than eight touchdowns. That was only one time. So basically what Chris Godwin did last year, and no wide receiver did with Tom Brady in the last decade in New England. Does that matter to you?
0: I don't care what happened with him in New England, to be honest, because Bruce Arians is a different animal than what he's had before. These receivers are different than what he's had before, aside from that you know, 2007-2008 campaign. And you know, I, I just think these guys are going to be fine.
3: I think they're going to be fine, too. I think the gap between Godwin and Evans... I have a hard time with it. I, I don't uh, agree with it. I think there's a lot of, um, you know, Dave has some good numbers on this that he's pulled where Brady's best players have, have typically not been outside receivers, except for that one Moss season. It's still so
0: irrelevant though.
3: Yeah. I, I, my issue with that is I don't know that Godwin is very similar to the other slot receivers that he's had in the sense that both it's essentially just Welker and Edelman. Right. And they're both option route guys. They're both short area agility, quickness guys. Godwin is uh he, he can be that. I'm not saying he can't, but he's a different type of slot receiver. He's a more vertical slot receiver. He made a lot of plays down the field last year and I don't know that he's going to be running a whole lot of like option routes and those right. types of things.
2: It, so and this is just my perception. It could be wrong. I just I feel like Chris Godwin is a more complete wide receiver already than Mike Evans is. Mike Evans is kind of, like he's really really good at his two tricks, but he's kind of a two-trick pony. And I th- Think Chris Godwin can do more and I don't I'm worried that if he doesn't get those deep shots he doesn't do very much after the catch if he doesn't get as many of those deep
0: shots I feel like the floor is a lot lower for Evans he's gonna have such better quarterback play though both these guys I mean you know they they were successful last year based on a lot of it them and what Arians did for them and Leftwich did for them I just think they're gonna have a much better you know quarterback situation based on how Tom Brady's gonna to play even at his age. Yeah,
3: mm-hmm. I agree with that for sure. I, but the other concern I would just add with Godwin, and again, it's the gap that I'm talking about, and, and he makes a decent point about the floor, but is Gronkowski, and they're going to run more two tight end sets, and so if OJ Howard is still involved to some degree, those are short area targets and intermediate targets. They're all in Godwin's range. Evans still seems like the clear downfield threat when when Brady does start downfield, and I think he will throw a lot more downfield in Tampa than he did in New England I agree with Jamie it's going to be completely different and you can go back into Brady's history the one year he played with Brandon Cooks his average depth of target or his average depth of throw was a full yard higher than any other season he's had since 2013 he was a way more vertical passer when he had a legitimate vertical threat and he will be in Tampa Bay in an offense that's going to have more vertical routes Uh, I think Evans kind of has less competition for the types of routes he's going to run and the depths that he's going to see targets than Godwin does
0: the thing about Evans, I think, which is great, I know we're getting away from the topic here, but um, his value is just ridiculous. Like, he may struggle a little bit, but if he's anywhere close to what his averages are, and you're getting him in round three, and in some cases, mid to end of round three, that's a steal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's 29th. Yeah, I actually have him Godwin yeah. six,
3: Evans' eight. So I think the gap should be closer, but I think Evans should be top 10. That's,
1: that's exactly what ADP is, by the way. Godwin six, Evans' eight, but separated by eight picks. Um. Yeah, and uh, just another thing to keep in mind, Chris Godwin, for his career, averages 15.1 yards per catch. Julian Edelman and Wes Welker average 11 yards per catch in their career. Godwin is a beast. He's a different, different animal. Different players. Yeah, but just, you know, play the slot, play similar roles, but different players. Uh, one more thing to keep in mind, Tampa Bay threw the ball a little bit less later in the year. Their offense, last six games of the year, got their defense, rather, got better. They threw less. They also faced some crappy offenses. But there's just a lot. There's a lot. So you know what? I'm going to open the floor to you guys. I'm going to let you talk it out. I'm going to let you rank the top six. Number one, I know, is Michael Thomas. I'm going to let you rank the next five. And you guys can uh, can debate the rankings and whatnot. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll hear from our analysts. We'll do that after this quick break here on Fantasy Football. Today, we're coming right back. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to say for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So I think the best thing to do here is give me your rankings one through six. I guess we'll go PPR here.
0: Jamie, kick it off. Um, I'm going to go with Michael Thomas of the Raiders, 1. Devontae Adams, 2. Julio Jones, 3. Tyreek Hill, 4. And Chris Godwin, 5.
1: Then Hopkins, 6?
0: Hopkins, 6.
2: Okay. Heath? Same top 5 as Jamie and DJ Moore, 6. Ben?
3: And I go Thomas, Hill, Adams, Jones. And then the big question that I had most of January and February and something I'd like to discuss a little is DJ Moore versus Chris Godwin straight up. And because I've fallen very firmly into DJ Moore should go ahead of Chris Godwin. And I don't understand why he doesn't. I have more five, Godwin six, Hopkins seven.
2: Well, why he doesn't is because Godwin's already had the top five season and DJ Moore hasn't. Like Godwin, what Godwin did last year in 14 games, and I know DJ Moore only played 14 in a quarter as well. Um, but Godwin was just a lot better. That's
3: but it was all efficiency. I mean, we talk a lot about efficiency regression, right? He had 11 yards per target last year. He had nine touchdowns, a massive touchdown rate. That stuff is going to regress. He only had 120 targets. He's, I mean, he was pacing for a lot more. But Moore had a lot more volume in the same number of games, as he just said. And he's uh, he was a year younger. He was playing with a, a worse quarterback. I know you know Winston wasn't great, but um, Kyle Allen was, was pretty bad last year across the board in, in pretty much any metric. They went and traded him this offseason to go be a third stringer. Um, and Moore was very, very good on the volume that he did get compared to guys like Curtis Samuel, who was massively inefficient on the volume that he got in that offense. Uh, and, and Moore had the lo- has the longer track record, had the longer track record as a prospect coming in. I think Godwin's very, very good. Like I said, I have him ranked six and I, he's one of my favorite young players to take. Um, you know, I, I think we did a dynasty startup mock, not too long ago. I took more and Godwin back to back at the turn, the one, two turn. But I would take more ahead of Godwin in that format too when Godwin goes higher. I, I just I don't understand how more with a better prospect profile, better track record, younger, worse QB, more volume last year, and was still productive is going behind a guy who was mostly just all efficiency last year.
0: I think probably two things would be one quarterback play still probably worse. You know, going in. Yep. I think most people take radio and bridgewater. No offense, Teddy. Um, and for me it's it's offense. I think that. Bruce Arians and what he does and what will he still will do versus what Joe Brady hopefully will do. Um, and and, and the, <clears throat> I have them two spots apart. You know, I, I, this isn't a, a knock against DJ Moore because I certainly understand where you're coming from. But I just think, you know, Chris Godwin's touchdown potential also, you know, what you, what you should be able to get from him until DJ Moore does that, like get over the if four has been his career high, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, get to six plus, maybe get to, to close to 10. I just feel more comfortable with Godwin right now. Uh, I would not be surprised by any stretch if what you're saying happens that more is better. I will say this though Adam because you brought this up that you know we are probably especially based on ADP we're down on uh, Hopkins. We are higher on DJ Moore probably than anybody else. You know and that's not even showing Ben's rankings on our, on our rankings. <laughs> <stage>. You know <laughs> right. uh, Dave Dave's a little bit down on Moore by comparison. Heath and I have him Heath you said you moved up to 6. I'm just looking at our rankings right now. Yeah. So so he's 6 for you, he's 7 for me. Dave has 9. Um I, I've been trying to do my due diligence. Uh I, I know Adam knows this, but I've been trying to listen to some other podcasts and people are excited about DJ Moore in round three. We take him in round two, you know, and, and uh I, I did a draft for another magazine um last week. I got DJ Moore uh early round three, uh shocked that he was still there. Uh paired him with Godwin similar to what you did, Ben, but it was with Saquon Barkley. So I went Barkley, Godwin, DJ Moore, and uh I was like, just send me the, the trophy now because you know just getting those three players to yeah. start, I was I was ecstatic about it. Um, but we're, we're, I think a little bit higher on DJ Moore, and you can make a case that he's a, he's a top five guy. And that goes back to what I was saying at the start of the show that you can wait on receiver a little bit and pass this top six, Allen Robinson is going to be good. Hopefully Juju bounces back. You got Gallaudet and Calvin Ridley that are going to have, you know, potentially monster seasons. Um, it, it's, it's uh, a Cooper cup, you know, it's such a, it's such a fun position this year that. You don't have to take one of these guys early. It's it's just, you know, hopefully we get 2018 where all these guys are monsters. But, you know, I think there's going to be a lot of good wide receivers and a lot of good wide receiver play.
1: Well, let me bring this up about Godwin, though, because Moore had 135 targets in basically 14 games. He played 15 technically, but basically 14 games. I don't know if he had a target in that game he left. but
3: He had two targets, caught a pass. He played six snaps.
1: Okay, 133 targets then in 14 games. Godwin was on pace for 137 or 138, I think 137 targets in 16 games. That's really not a lot of targets for a guy that you want to finish top five overall. I mean, it, it would be, I guess, for Tyreek Hill, because like, his yards per catch... It'd be, it'd be 12
0: less than what Thomas gave you in 2018.
1: But Goblin is up there in yards per catch, too. I mean, he's actually very comparable to Tyreek Hill, which is crazy, but um, it's not a ton of targets, and the Bucs had the fourth most pass attempts in the NFL last year. Yeah so and they, they added Gronk and they added gronk now the 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 tight ends did combine for over a hundred targets uh I think like 110 so- where were where did the Panthers rank last year in terms of pass attempts they were first but I'm more confident that they're gonna have to throw a ton and their
3: new offense is going to be a pass heavy offense than I am I think the bucks will be better. And why wouldn't
0: you run more? Why wouldn't you protect Tom Brady a little bit?
1: They were they were second, the Falcons. Falcons were first oh, by
0: 51 right. pass attempts. I, I, I would say there's a better chance of Moore having more targets than Godwin.
1: Well, it's really more like the Godwin thing is like, does that target volume
0: concern you? Is that a is But I that think a the problem? other thing with Moore is, you know, I mean, we or keep more. saying they added Godwin. <laughs> the, the Panthers added Robbie Anderson. <laughs> you know, it's not like he's not going to be involved.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, and did you sure. hear Curtis Samuel's going to have a big year? Yeah, and
3: uh, Samuel's a concern too. Uh and, and Jamie made a good point about the touchdowns. The I and when as he said that, I realized, you know, I'm probably more optimistic about Moore's touchdown potential than others. Uh he's right though. He's only scored six touchdowns on 142 career receptions. That's not very good. I will say that he had 146 receptions in his college career and he scored 17 TDs. So Oh it's it's he was it's, good at it in right. college.
0: This this is this is regression coming in in a yeah, in a hopefully big way. You know, I I just don't know if he's gonna be like, Godwin feels like he could be 10-plus touchdowns. I don't know if Moore can can do that. He, well, he can have a season like that, but I just don't know if he if he will. And so that's what separates it for me a little bit.
3: Yeah, sure. And I think I'm just a little bit more optimistic about it, but it's fair to, to not be.
0: And, Heath, you're and obviously – th- you're, you're right there. You have him back to back.
2: Yeah. The important thing is like he's going to score more touchdowns this year. We'll find out this year if it's like his best season if he's Keenan Allen or T. Y. Hilton, where like six or seven is the good touchdown season you get from DJ Moore, or if he actually has that top five upside. Yep.
1: Okay, next topic then. Tyreek Hill, second for Ben and fourth, I believe, for Jamie and Heath. Discuss. So that's Tyreek Hill ahead of Julio Jones and Devontae
0: Adams. This is for me, it's a format thing. Non PPR, I would take Hill over Jones. Uh, but in PPR, I just think Jones, what he should be able to do reception-wise puts him ahead of Tyreek for me.
2: He was the best wide receiver in non-PPR in 2018. Is that right? Yes. Yes. And in PPR scoring, like in what was about as good as it gets for him, finished number three. So I don't know that I have a hard time and, it was a very good season for wide receivers. I have a hard time picturing him being better than that year, especially like we talked about could Miko Hartman improve a little and take a couple targets away? I worry a little bit about with Clyde Edwards-Elair and the way they've used Damian Williams, having both those guys on the field in the red zone, that so many of their touchdowns seem to come from inside the tin with guys running these jet sweeps or these trickster-type plays. And those Tyreek Hill scores on a lot of those. Those are the perfect types of plays also where Damian Williams and Clyde Edwards-Elair will be used as well. So I I think there's a little bit of a competition concern, but, I mean, we're arguing two versus four.
0: We have to. These are important decisions, you know? Well, it's, you know the the best wide receiver for the best quarterback you know and no disrespect to Travis Kelsey different position but this is uh you know his this is his guy you know this is this is this is the guy you want to have if you if you love the Chiefs and everybody should love the Chiefs from a fantasy perspective so um it's 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 worth taking him and and if you like him too you take him too you know it's you can't really argue I think taking any of these guys over I think anyone but Tom
3: I think with with Hill, one of the deciding things for me, and it's not really a knock on on Jones or Adams, but the offense that even you know they, they led a lot and they still threw a ton in in situation neutral uh, situ you know situation neutral situations. I, I, <laughs> They they threw even in um, one score games in the first half and 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 way more than any other team. They're they're going to be pass heavy even if they win a lot of games. They're they're basically not influenced by the fact that they lead teams. They still throw, and he's tied to the best quarterback in the NFL. And uh, again, that's no disrespect to Matt Ryan and, and Aaron Rodgers, but um, those guys aren't aren't on that level. Uh, just just Frank. I mean, I think Julio has tons of upside. Uh, because Atlanta will, I think, throw a ton as well. I'm concerned about, yes, Adams should have 30% of the targets, but Green Bay falling even lower in pass attempts to to like a really low number if they're, you know, very successful offensively. Um, and that would, I think, cap Adams. You know, he'd still be probably a top five receiver where I have him ranked. I have him third. I, I agree with these guys that he's very good, but I think it would cap his ceiling a little bit. I think Tyreek's ceiling is essentially unlimited. He's always been productive. He's mentioned. Uh, 2018 how good he was he was good last year went healthy very good he was good in the playoffs well, what's healthy.
0: it what's his catch ceiling though because you say it's, uh, it's it's unlimited that's i think the issue because he can yeah, be 1500 yards he can be 15 touchdowns i don't think that's 15 that's not touchdowns. That unrealistic but. it's probably only 90 catches
3: yeah, yeah i agree like his ceiling i when i say his ceiling is unlimited i mean like he has the potential to to like shatter records for long touchdown. Uh, long touchdowns in one year like kind of like a Randy moss type player right like remember when rainy moss used to have these monster seasons because he would catch so many long touchdowns together with him and mahomes and in this offense tyreek has the potential to have like eight or ten long touchdowns in a season which is crazy to even talk about but that would give him a massive yardage ceiling he wouldn't be a hundred catch guy
1: tyreek hill in his last three seasons Let's see if i have this handy stat here uh i do oh, yes i do he scored 26 receiving touchdowns. 14 of them have been from 40 or more yards out. Uh, fun stuff. It's crazy. Yeah, he's. You know what team he plays fun. twice a year? The Raiders. The Raiders. Yeah, oh, the Raiders. <laughs> they're going to sign Tyreek Hill. By the way, the Raiders. Just in case you hadn't heard. Um. All right. Anything else, guys? Anything else you want to you want to fight about? You know, I I think what Ben says about Adams is interesting and in how run heavy they could be. The Packers, if they are bottom five in pass attempts, that's a bad, bad sign for Devontae Adams.
0: You it, don't get elite wide receivers. I don't think they're going to be as good though running the ball.
2: And like, even if they throw 500 passes, which there's probably get, get them close to bottom five, um, and it would be quite a bit lower than last year from what I recall. Like he's still 150 target guy.
3: Yeah, he's the best bet for 30% targets. Even better bet than, than Michael Thomas, probably.
1: Yeah, makes sense. Didn't hey, Adam. What else? Yes? What did What's I do your now? What's top five receivers? Oh. <laughs> What's the format? Half PPR. Half PPR. Michael Thomas, Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, Julio Jones, and a whole bunch of running backs. Because <laughs> I don't really feel super comfortable taking... Anyone else? Well, that's Adam
0: Thielen's top five receiver. Yeah, not happening. That was that was one of your big takes.
1: First, it was Why Amari that not Cooper. Happening? No, I don't, oh, did I have, did I have top? Did I really think Thielen was gonna be top five? Definitely, he said he could ten. be number two. Actually, I did. T- no, I thought, and, <laughs> I, and I, <laughs> said three. And I, I believe three. that. I believe that with Thielen. Like if they if they have to throw the ball a lot, he, now you believe it? <laughs> no, I just I'm worried about how much they're gonna throw the ball. Did number, I really say that? Here, let me defend it. Number five for me, I guess, would be Chris Godwin. It's really good. Yeah. I don't... Yeah, it's running backs. So, thank you for asking, JB. Let's uh, read some emails. com is from Michael. Hey, J.D. Turk, Elliot, and Carla. Scrubs. Scrubs. With Zeke's damaged... Off, I don't really know um, if I agree with the premise of this question, but... With Ezekiel Elliott's damaged offensive line, does that substantially help his PPR potential and unfortunately downgrade Dax wide receivers? No. What's
3: All the damage that,
0: besides Frederick leaving?
3: Right. All of that is a no. Their offensive line is still well above average. It's not damaged. It's not bad. It's just not leaps and bounds better than every other offensive line like it had been at times in Zeke's career earlier. Yeah. And there's no way that Zeke's going to suddenly cut into the receiver's target share. That's that's the wrong – you're going the wrong way on that.
1: Okay. From Dozier, I was auto-drafted the following team in a PPR league. Matt Ryan, Julio Jones and Cooper Cup, Christian McCaffrey and Miles Sanders. This is pretty good. Uh, Tyler Higby, Robert Woods at Flex. And he also has uh, the Chargers DST, not the Rams. But Anyway, the question was, um, oh, he has uh, Cam Akers on his bench as well. He's got a lot of Rams. The free agent pool is thin at wide receiver. Um, So I'm trying to trade either Woods or Cup for a wide receiver two-level player to relieve my concentration of Rams. I love to trade and get, well, let's keep, keeps going here, but are you concerned about all the Rams he has? He has cup, he has woods, he has Higby and he has acres he on has, his bench.
0: He has all the Rams except for golf. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. Um. So he's trying to trade one of the receivers for another receiver. Yeah. I would sell cup because you'll get more in return for him. Based on what I think most draft what what uh, rankings will tell you, um. So I I guess what's the format?
1: PPR.
0: Huh. I mean, this may be something you could pull off for DJ Moore if somebody's looking at a different site. I also like you have
2: enough really good players on this team. I'm not so worried about your fifth, sixth, and seventh best players, or fifth, sixth, and ninth best players all playing for the Rams.
1: Yeah, and the Rams like weren't really that like, great offensively last year and still if you had Cup and Woods, you did well. They
0: were an above average offense, yeah. Yeah. Right. The concern would be is you know, is is if Akers is bad. But He's just a bench
1: player. He's just a bench player for him though.
0: Right. Yeah. Oh,
1: you don't have to worry about it, he said, right. All right, Tony from Los Angeles. Hey, Corey, Sean, Eric, and George. I mean it's the world. Good job. Ben, you're on fire. Wow. Uh I know you guys have talked about this a few times and if m- mostly said to go with the wide receivers available in the late first round, like Devontae Adams, Julio Jones, Tyreek Hill, Dish, Dish, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, et cetera. But I just wanted to ask one more time, LOL, would I be crazy to pick up a player such as Austin Eckler, Miles Sanders, Kenyon Drake, Nick Chubb, or even Josh Jacobs with a late first-round pick somewhere between 8 and 12 over those wide receivers in PPR? I'm just not crazy about picking a wide receiver in the first round besides Michael Thomas.
0: I'm getting to the point where if I pick at the back end of round one, I want to go running back, running back.
1: I guess my question, Jamie, is... I'd want one of those receivers. When wouldn't you go running back, running back then?
0: Uh, I'm I'm, I'm almost at that point unless I get Thomas and and Adam. Heath, what did you say? I'm sorry. I want one of those. Like, if Adams is there, I'm not taking any
2: of those running backs over him in PPR.
3: I'm in a... 14-team draft right after this. We record this, which will be done when this is released. And we have the 8th pick. And so we won't pick again until 21st. And uh, me and Chris Towers are doing that draft together. We're talking about taking Miles Sanders at 8. Because in that format, we don't really feel comfortable getting another running back at 21 necessarily. And you know, if we have to take DJ Moore there, we'll take DJ Moore there. But we're probably going to start Sanders at 8. I think you can do it. Yeah, I I mean, it just depends.
1: There is no chance that your team does not start with Miles Sanders, D.J. Moore, and A.J. Brown. You realize that? <laughs> like, there's no... It's definitely what happening. What could go wrong? <laughs> I mean, what could... You,
3: just <laughs> Nothing's going to go wrong. <laughs> no, the only... It might not start with D.J. Moore. I might try to get more in the third. We'll see. What
0: what I'd like to see the fight that would ensue. Uh, I don't know if Chris is still as passionate about David Johnson, but because running backs are going to go so heavy in that draft, if at 21... You're fighting DJ 21. Moore versus David Johnson.
3: Oh God, that would be brutal because oh. I could never, I could never live with taking David Johnson in the second round. What if he's no, there no. in the
0: fourth round in this 14-team league? Oh, for sure, what? Johnson. David Johnson will not be in the fourth round of a. Yeah, I don't
3: round. think he'll be there. I would consider him there. Yeah, I took Melvin in a fourth round yeah. recently.
0: Okay.
1: Good show, guys. Thank you very much. Tight end. You know, John, Taylor
0: will be there in the fourth round, though. That's,
1: that's, that's
3: you guys know. You guys already know the whole draft plan, apparently.
1: <laughs> Ooh, man. Matthew
0: Stafford, Mike Gesicki.
1: <laughs> Let me see if I can guess the consensus top five at tight end: Kelsey Kittle, Waller, Andrew, cause, cause, Waller. No. Uh, yeah, no, sorry, Andrews Ertz Waller.
0: That's my guess. Heath and I both have Andrews over Ertz. I believe.
1: Yeah, Kelsey Kittle, Andrews, Ertz, Waller. Am I right? It's Kelsey Kittle, Ertz, Andrews, Waller. Damn it!
0: Oh, well. Ertz is over Andrews in the consensus, even though the two of us have him over Ertz. Dave must have Andrews fifth. Oh, that's a good point. Let's that's, see. Yeah. I'll tell you right now. Hold on.
1: Or. Or the rankings uh, are wrong, Kelsey is that what are saying?
0: <laughs> Ertz. No, he's got Andrew fourth. Andrews fourth. All right, How's whatever. It? it doesn't matter. We'll talk it's about the Raiders.
3: It's not the Ravens. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks again. Great show. Appreciate it. Everybody leave us a nice Apple Podcast if you send us your emails, fantasyfootball at CBSI.com. Tight ends on Thursday. Mailbag on Friday. Join our uh, watch our YouTube channel. Join our Facebook page. And for Heath, for Ben, for Jamie, I'm Adam. Have a good one, everybody. Talk to you on Thursday.